It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Janai Broom. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. It's a, we're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Daryl Daprich joining me on Locked On Auburn's The Henry Service Company postgame show. Give them a call for all of your HVAC, plumbing, electrical needs. They've got you covered. 334-288-2700. Alabama license number 00021. Daryl, there's a lot of different ways we could go, but we've got to start with when you look at the box score, 27 points from the big man down low. Janai Broom going into this. The storyline was okay. South Carolina, they kind of stink down low. That's a potential mismatch. Boy, was that the understatement of the season. Yeah, they definitely uh, maximized what, what was a perceived weakness. You know, they game planned yeah. for Auburn being able to take advantage of some of that in the paint. And I don't have it in front of me right now. I bet you do with your big, new, gorgeous monitor. Uh, what Auburn did, points in the paint, it was absolutely uh, one-sided and lopsided. And I think anytime you talk about having an advantage in the paint, on the block, it starts with Janai Broom. He had come off three subpar. Yeah, I mean, plus 26 in the paint is huge. Yeah. And, you know, he had come off some subpar performances. Uh, there was that that talk that there was a toe problem. And, man, did he put that to rest and just absolutely come out and take this. I mean, he looked like a man amongst boys. When he plays like that and Wendell plays that way and mm-hmm. recognizes that Broom is, is the man and gets the ball in his hands, uh, they were they were dang near unstoppable today. Yeah, and Wendell Wendell had one of his better games of the season just by the eye test. I mean, from a s- scoring standpoint, it was okay. Five of eleven shooting, sixteen points was actually more efficient than he normally is. But in thirty-one minutes, a plus-minus of twenty-three, like that's crazy. And the twelve assists, mm-hmm. Daryl. I mean, from a point guard, and I, I know we get excited, and I kind of blame <laughs> I kind of blame Steph Curry for this, but. You know, with these point guards, we always think they need to be big scorers. And we've seen that at Auburn, right? And Jared Harper was a key part of, of what the Auburn basketball program's ascension looked like. But I want my point guard to make the people on the floor around them better. And when you have 12 assists, uh, yeah, I think you're doing that. So, And a few of those, there, there was one where he like, I think he was like a Jedi or something. He used the force to, you know, kind of get the ball around this guy. I think it was to, it was either to Cardwell or to Broom. And, I mean, he just had three or four passes where it's just like, whoa, he kind of took that next step to me today. Well, you, you touched on it. The 12 assists, and when you watched his play today, if you go into a game and say, I'm going to go ahead and draw up what I want a point guard to do, how they look, how they can – he controlled – the flow and the game. It was like the game was on a string for him. I, yeah. I used the term to you, wizardry, right? So not only were the 12 assists big, you have to recognize what your strengths are in that particular game, what you're rolling with that day. And as the point guard, you have to 
kind of amplify those and say, okay, I know where our bread is being buttered today. So let me get the ball in this guy's hands. Let me, and it's not only getting the ball in certain guys' hands, it's where you get the ball on the floor to those guys. And so I'm going to give you an example. When you talk about the Jedi mind trick stuff, he got a a backside rebound and pretended that he was going to dribble the ball back out. Right. And he took one step, fake pass to the perimeter, switched hands, and went around a guy to Broom, who was standing all by himself. It was one of the most Mm -hmm. sweet passes I've ever seen. That's what you want from your point guard. He distributed the ball. he, He controlled the game. It was like in his hand, like a globe today. I'm I'm with you. Um, Joey pointed this out, and he's absolutely right. Nine total turnovers for the Auburn Tigers. And when we're talking about a team where, like, Alan Flanagan had seven by himself like a week ago. So, I mean, you, you talk about South Carolina, like they're not a good basketball team. But Auburn, in some situations, make things harder on themselves than they need to. Only having nine turnovers, like, I, I, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Well, I'm all about doing what you're supposed to do. If you're if you're better than an opponent and you're supposed if you win games you're supposed to win and steal a couple that you're not supposed to and maybe lose a few that you're not supposed to, you're going to have a great year. I mean, it's just it's math. So this game Auburn was supposed to win. They were favored to win. They yeah. were on the road. Now look, South Carolina is not a very good basketball team, but any day, I don't want to sound cliché, but things can happen on any given day. And case in point, they beat Kentucky on the road and beat Clemson. Clemson's ranked and is probably in the one spot in the ACC right now. So if you let your guard down, anybody can sneak up and bite you. And so when you're hunted, when you got that target on your back and you're the one that coming in on on the road and you're ranked, how you respond is very important. And Auburn just didn't go on the road and, oh, you know, it's a win. It's a win. Just get that win. No, they they won – very, very emphatically. And I think that's very important. Yep. Uh, Hunter and Phil in the live chat talking about Yolan Treor, his best game of the season. I think it was his highest scoring output in, since Colgate, I believe, Daryl, which has been a minute, obviously. Um, eight points on three of six shooting. Most of his shots were from uh, behind the arc. Five of his six, he made two of them. I don't love that, but fact that he made two of five, like, okay, maybe that was the right call. Um, and, and he did it in 10 minutes. And if he would have made his free throws, he would have scored 10 points in 10 minutes, which yeah. I don't think is a crazy ask. So maybe maybe he showed something late. I don't know, Daryl, how many of those points he would have gotten if it was a closer game, just being honest with you. But still, I like what I saw from Yohan uh, Treyor today. I'm going to go on a limb and say this. If Treyor yeah. figures it out and starts to mature as a freshman and – Finally, you know, with, with that old adage that by the time you're done with your freshman year, you shouldn't be or play like a freshman anymore. You know, you're, you're already got that behind you. If he starts to come down the stretch and have a maturation process by getting games under his belt and contributes like that, yeah, watch out. I'm just telling you because then Auburn becomes very, very dangerous from a depth standpoint because you've got a big – yeah. who can score besides Broom. Because right now, Cardwell gives you about four points a game, defensive energy, but he's not a threat to get you double digits. You get a guy coming off the bench that's 6'10", that can get you double digits, and Auburn right. can make a very nice run. That's right. Uh, War Eagle Wyoming saying, let's not forget that we've been doing this without Simo, Chris Moore, give him the chance to get fully healthy for the stretch run. Then we can get better when he returns. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, man, um, you don't you don't well, need to rush him back now. No, you don't. But like Auburn almost looks better post his mm-hmm. injury. And I'm not I saying know. Auburn's a better team without Chris Moore, but since he's been out of action and unavailable for this team, and they've looked better on both sides of the floor, in my opinion. Daryl, I'm not saying don't play Chris Moore when he comes back, but I do think I do think it's a little unfair just to say, oh, well, when Chris Moore comes back, Auburn all of a sudden gets better because he's there. But there's some chemistry stuff that's really clicking for this team right now. If you bring in another guy, how does it impact that? Well, I mean, you know, you've got a uh, a data point with that with last year. There's history. There's a precedence. Auburn to me last year looked better before Flanagan returned, and you know, I think that you can that that, that comment's interesting. I think that, that the same thing is happening here, and it's not because of talent or ability. Or it's about just chemistry. It's about flow. And last year, when Alan Flanagan came back from an Achilles injury, I feel like a little too soon, yeah. Auburn's flow was disrupted a little bit. What's happened is Chris Moore going out of the lineup has forced Alan Flanagan to put his big point, big boy pants on, right, and play. It sometimes you have to. There has to be adversity, and you get forced into being what you need to be. And yeah. that's what's happened with Flanagan, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and Flanagan, once again, I mean, he didn't score double digits, which is a, which is a shame because it would have been nice for him to get that double-double, but eight points, three of seven shooting, made both of his free throws, 10 rebounds. No turnovers. No turnovers. Did he have – he had three assists. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's, That's a pretty nice efficient. stat line. Yes. That's effective. Uh, second highest plus-minus on the team. Wendell was plus 23, and Allen was plus 22. Like <laughs> – if, you, if I would have told you that going into the season about Alan Flanagan, if I would have told you that, Daryl, two months ago, that this was going to be like Alan Flanagan's kind of new, the new version of what to expect from him, you would have taken that in a heartbeat. Well, I, I, I would. I mean, I think efficiency is one thing we did not use in the same sentence as Alan Flanagan. I always felt like it was feast or famine with him. You, you were going to have to put up with the turnovers and some of the things that happened to get big, get big outings, right? Big yep. explosion scoring. Mm-hmm. And right now he's just giving you great efficient stat lines. I take, you know, again, I hate that he didn't get that 10 points, but who wouldn't take 10 points, 10 rebounds and no turnovers from Flanagan. I mean, that's an efficient that's right. basketball game right now. That's right. And then, um, I mean, Jalen, a solid 12 points. Um, six rebounds. He really had a lot of um, it's pretty dangerous from like that mid range, which I don't love when we take those. But those mid range kind of teardrop shots from Jalen and Janai t- uh, tonight actually landed. Those don't normally feel like they land. It seems like oh, they yeah. rim out. Man, they got him in it. They got him up and up and over quick. I mean, they got him out of their hands, and the ball never touched the floor. They didn't try to put it on the floor. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, we got a comment too. A couple of friends of mine. Are, are listening. So I, I really appreciate that. One from Georgia, one here from Millbrook, a couple Sweet. of good friends, Tim Estes and Kelly Varner. So thanks. I appreciate them jumping on and uh, being a part of this as well. Of course. All right. Storm, that is his real name, has an interesting question. I want to touch on that in a second, Daryl. But look, South Carolina, it's in their name. They're used to things going south. And that's unfortunate. It just is. It yes. just is. Uh, so South Carolina, they know all about going south. It's obviously not great. But our friends at Henry Service Company are the guys you need to call when things go south. 
in your home or business, whether it's residential or commercial, they have you covered. And it, I mean, they, they can do pretty much anything. They're like, let's don't kid ourselves. They can pretty much do anything, whether it's plumbing, HVAC, electrical. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're in the, the Montgomery Tri-County area, they're going to be able to take care of you. You know of their service firsthand, Daryl. Yeah, they're a triple threat. I think that that's the key is diversity, you know, everything under one roof, uh, being able to take care of HVAC needs and plumbing and electrical. It's rare that you can find somebody that's high level in all three aspects like that. And how cool is it one-stop shop if you own a company or you run a company like I do and you don't have to call three different dudes to come out for three different problems. And that's yeah. one of the things why I use them and why I'm so pleased with Henry Service Company. Yeah, so be sure to check out our friends at Henry Service Company. That number, 334-288-2700. Alabama license number, 00021. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Going back to the conversation about, I guess, Alan Flanagan and Chris Moore, Storm asked the question, so did he bring Chris Moore off the bench when he gets healthy? And right now, as we record this minutes after the game ends, and so we're a little emotional. We're not extremely level-headed talking about this, but I, I say yes. I think you have to start Alan Flanagan unless, you know, he starts playing like he did, you know, a few months ago. Well, let's be honest. We're booging a little bit, right? After let's a book. Win, let's we book. Let's I mean, road win. We're going to book. I mean, that's you go on the road for the whole week and come away 2-0, and oh, it, it's well-deserved. So, But I, I think that, yeah, the, 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 the nice run and the good feelings about this team right now where we're at, I think you have to bring him off the bench for a couple mm. reasons. Number one, you don't throw somebody into the starting lineup that's coming off a shoulder injury, especially when it's their shooting sh shoulder. You kind of ease them back in just from a physical standpoint. But then when you're playing your best basketball of the year during that stretch, from an emotional standpoint, you also ease him back in. So right. there's two reasons right there where I see him getting 15 minutes and coming off the bench. But he's the kind of kid that will be okay with that, too. That's important. He's not going to sulk. He's not going to pout. He's going to be okay with that and say, look, whatever helps the team win, I'm willing to do it. And that's why you love him. Yeah, I, I expected him to leave this past offseason. And the fact that he's the kind of man that you just talked about and um, War Eagle Wyoming saying the same thing, like he, he's, he loves Auburn, he loves his team, he's going to be a team first guy. So yep. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Darrell, let's zoom out just a hair. So Auburn is now 6-1. and one. An SEC play when like a week and a half ago we were saying, would you take nine and nine? Everybody's like, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. now, now that now, now that honestly seems ridiculous. Um, but you look at it right now, and Tennessee hasn't gone final yet. They're still, yeah, they're up by yeah, they're up by a lot against LSU. So Alabama six and zero conference play. They play Missouri uh, in about fifteen minutes. That should tip off. Auburn six and one. Tennessee six and one. Texas A and M. Now five and one after they lost to Kentucky earlier today, and then Kentucky four and three. Missouri at three and three is interesting if they can beat Alabama 
later today. I'm not buying that, but boy, would that be wild if it happened. Tough place to play. Columbia is not easy. Yeah, yeah. And Missouri's like, they've shown that they can do it. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um, they haven't looked that great in the last week or so, but we'll see. Um, but boy, like uh, the whole conversation is, can Auburn be a top four seed in the SEC tournament? And looking ahead, the answer to that is yes. The answer to that is absolutely yes, because I think the drop-off from Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee is pretty dramatic. And we'll learn more about that when Auburn hosts Texas A&M next. I hate that that's an 8 o'clock game because I think that should be like where everybody can see it at 6 o'clock, but it is what it is. We'll recap it regardless. We'll go live a little after 10 probably that night. But it's just that game is so important, and the fact that maybe Kentucky exposed them a little bit um, may help, may help Auburn. I'd love your thoughts on that. But just the way that everything's kind of fallen today so far has been a net positive for Auburn. There's no question about it. Yeah, I think that um, Auburn and Tennessee in the conference right now are closer to each other than Tennessee is to Alabama. Now, some of these national pundits and the SEC network who can't put a schedule up, apparently, graphics correct, has Auburn playing Arkansas two more times when they don't instead of Texas a and You know, they did it three times. And then I could barely hear the color commentator, Matt Weiss, because he had his his lips firmly planting on Alabama's backside the whole game with how much he loved Alabama. So, I mean, I get it, but you're doing an Auburn game, dude. So we get it. There's Alabama and everybody else. But I think Auburn and Tennessee are closer to each other than (laughs) – than Alabama and Tennessee is. I think I I do. I agree. There's that separation. Okay. But make your point and move on. And so I I hope that, you know, the Texas A&M game is another outlier. If Auburn at home can win that game and win it convincingly, there's more separation to be had there. And then you're ready to go down the stretch. you got that non-conference game at West Virginia that I think is a dangerous game in Morgantown, but now you're, you got your ankles taped and you're ready to go for that brutal stretch. Is it bad I just don't care about that West Virginia game? Like, we're in the middle of SEC It is bad. It's bad. It's bad. Because what's going to end up happening is, listen, West Virginia beat TCU, who just absolutely boat raced, took their manhood from them in Kansas. Kansas. So you start playing the domino game, and then if Auburn goes on the road, which is a very tough place to play, and beats West Virginia – they look at wins like that at the end of the – I mean, look, it could make the difference between a six and a five seed or a five and a four seed come tournament time. That's why it matters. It, it, it doesn't hurt in the SEC. I get it. But it could – Auburn right now is playing for national seeding as well, and that's a great place to be. Let's just say it. It's 16 and three and six and one and probably 13th or 14th in the poll – that comes out next week, maybe 14th, they're playing for national aspirations. So that game matters. Yeah, and somebody asked what quad would that be? I'm gonna, I'm trying to find that for you. I, I know this while you're looking that up. I, I, Auburn only has what they kept saying today, and I thought they were mistaken. I thought the Northwestern game was a quad one win. It was not, apparently. They only have one quad one win, and that's Arkansas. Uh, they're okay. one and two in quad one games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a quad one win, but they lost. West Virginia is 24th right now in the net, so that would be a quad one game. Well, there you go. Yeah, and it's it's on the road. It's not neutral. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a true road game. So those kind of games at the end of the year could be the difference between a five seed and a four seed. Yep. So Ashton, to answer your question, it would be a quad one game next week. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Clay mentioned this. And I want to bring this up. Thank you for saying this, Clay. Remember what Zepp's attitude was about when they said before the game on the Locked On Auburn podcast about disrespect. I asked Zepp when he came on the show yesterday just about the South Carolina stuff. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense because we're taking every opponent so seriously. And he was aware of the fact that South Carolina beat some teams that were better than them. And, you know, you got to take everybody seriously. So the mindset of that team, I think it's going to help them. I I really think it's going to help them. This is a mature team. And you're starting to see individual players change what they do a little bit, Daryl, for the betterment of the team. We talked about Chris Moore being a team guy, but like Katie Johnson tonight, he shot it four times across 18 minutes. He shot it four times and only one of them was a three. That is just something totally different than what we've seen uh, throughout his his career, but specifically his time at Auburn. And even like what Wendell's doing. Wendell got to the uh, – he shot it 11 times, but only four of them were threes. And so, I mean, you started seeing him feed it down more. I mean, he had more assists than he did shot attempts. I, I would have never have thought that going into conference uh-uh. play. No, and that announcer that we were referred to made a great point. I mean, fair's fair. I'll, he said – Last year, Wendell Green would have taken the shot there instead of passing the shot up. Mm. And do, and that's the one where he kind of stepped back and looked like he was going to shoot a fadeaway, which would have been a four shot yeah. and found Broom all alone for the dunk. So you're right. I think Katie Johnson made, to me, a very smart play where he pump faked a dude that was, gonna, was running out in him at a three and made a gorgeous blow by, put the ball on the floor, dribble drive penetration, to the basket, which was those type of things are winning basketball plays. And in a capsule, in a microscope, in a, in a moment in a game, it's small, but mm-hmm. put five or six of those together. Yep. And it's doing what you're talking about. It's giving up things for the betterment of the team. That's right. Like tonight, Janai Broom needed 17 shot attempts. He did. He did. He, he, he should have got all the touches he got. He dang well better got because keep feeding him when he's playing like that in South Carolina could just not guard him. I mean, look, without GG Jackson or, you know, getting 23 points and shooting from so much from the perimeter, mm-hmm. that's a 30 point loss. I mean, he kept him in the game. I, at one point that's in true. the second half, all 12 of South Carolina's points were from him. So Auburn's fine with that. You know, they took they took uh, the other big guy that wears the the headband, Hayden Brown, away a little bit mm-hmm. inside. That he he was struggling with matchup problems. wasn't quick enough to get a shot off. I didn't Auburn really thirty. I didn't realize GG scored third. I knew he was going yeah. off. I didn't realize. Yeah, he hit 30. I mean that's that's impressive. But I mean, you would think where they had been if he just. I mean, you know what he's been averaging in league play nine. How? How well, I, are they not throwing him the ball? Well, there was one game where he had like zero. Like I think he literally. Well, I, used to I get it, game, but I mean, but I don't see how that your average. I don't see how that dude is averaging nine a game in conference yeah. play. I just don't. I mean, I think he's a legit 15, 16. So let's just say he scores sixteen, which is a nice game. I mean, yep. they were going to have to get fourteen from somebody else, and nobody else was giving that to him. So credit to him. But I think Auburn was okay with that. I think they, the game plan was we're still going to take advantage of our size. Down low, and yeah. he got him. He got in foul trouble too. Jackson did. Mm. Uh, all right, let's open up some uh, comments, questions, and live chat. And if you've said something that we didn't acknowledge and you want us to, just don't um, don't be afraid to say it again. Bob saying a very good point. 
a road win by this margin is a very good win. Yeah, we think the line was six and a half. If we're wrong on that, call us out. But yeah, Auburn won on the road by way more than six and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we talked about this. Auburn's schedule is about to get a lot tougher. Getting wins at LSU and getting wins at South Carolina. While none of neither of those teams are very good or impressive, um, you still get them, which is, which is great. Well, you know, it's funny. There's been a narrative over the last week about Auburn's conference schedule and how they've caught breaks on who they've played to this point. And I'm not going to argue that that's not true. Auburn has been fortunate. But the, the team that's leading, and I'm not making this podcast about Alabama, I'm just making a comparison, that the team that's leading the conference right now, yeah, Alabama, the, 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 the combined record of the SEC opponents that they've played is 9-26 and 26 coming into today. Auburn's were 10-25. and 25. So everybody's beating up on the bottom feeders. Auburn's not the only – the narrative that Auburn's the only team to benefit from that is laughable. The team that's leading the league and is very, very good and has separated themselves, their combined opponents in the SEC record was nine and twenty-six. The difference, though, is, the difference though is non-con, right? Because I mean, Correct. Alabama, that, Alabama, and that's, and that's where Alabama deserves to be on the one line right now because their non-conference schedule has yeah. been very impressive. But yeah. we're in conference play right now, and Auburn's getting slapped by people for, oh, they're playing all the bottom feeders. They're, they, they've played the t- bottom four teams in the conference. Yeah, so is Alabama. I, I, other I, team. I think Auburn kind of likes that they're being slapped right now. Take Just, the dish. And who, I don't, and I don't, I heard that comment from Zep when he was on your show about somebody saying, watch out, South Carolina. Who said that on the SEC know. network? Because, I mean, I, did, did any of the analysts go to South Carolina? I can't think of any. No, <laughs> I don't know. They didn't, I don't know. So. I, I should have asked them, but I, I didn't want to put them on the spot. Jeff says, Hey guys, War Eagle. Do we know why Jay Quinterly from Bama is smack talking on Twitter to Auburn already when the game's like two weeks away? I haven't seen that. Um, I saw, I saw it when it was live. I saw it up live this morning. I saw broom. Uh, body bag him after the comment and I saw him delete his Twitter that quick. So, and what then happened? there were some screenshots. Well, somebody, somebody, and this is where it's not good. If you're an Auburn fan, don't tweet at basketball players that from opposing teams, just don't leave that alone. And if you're a basketball player, don't, but a fan tweeted at him at Quinterly and said, you're a five-star and you're a fifth year senior and made a joke. And then Quinterly came back with, a, a, an expletive and said, we're going to beat you 30 at your place. And then broom came back with the clown emoji and said, it's going to take all of it. And then he deleted that. And then somebody got in his private mentions and screenshotted Quinterly, basically threatening him, calling him names and stuff. So it's just not a good look. It's, Yikes. it's one of those things that you just don't need to get in down in the mud with. If you're an Auburn fan, if you're, and if you're a player, just, stay above that fray, but it is pretty stupid for a, for a player uh, to go ahead and make that declaration that you're going to beat your opponent, a rival by 30 at their place. Not smart. I mean, that's, you don't want to do that. You definitely don't want to, because that's definite bulletin board material. Yep. Bob mentioning, love the way the guys took care of the ball today. There's no question about it. Ashton saying KD got that yellow light from Bruce. Cause he always says, you know, all these players get a green light. It's got that yellow light. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And I asked, I've asked Zep on the show a few times. I'm like, do y'all talk about shot selection? Is Bruce telling y'all to modify that? Cause it's changing. Like it's very clearly changing. And he keeps saying, no, 
I don't know if I fully buy it, but he keeps saying no. Um, Daryl Ricky says, how many SEC wins does Auburn get this year? You want to take a stab at that? Yeah, I think Auburn's going to go 12 and 6. I think that stretch that's going to be very brutal on the backside, that Auburn's not going to go into the wilderness. They're going to win some of those games, but some of those games are going to be tough. So I would say 12, 12 and 6 or 13 and 5 is where I feel like Auburn will, will, will finish. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking 12 and 6, if I had to guess. David saying the line was 12 and a half. Okay. Okay. Still covered. Still covered. Yep. So there you go. Because good teams win, great teams cover. Amen. And great and, and elite teams cover on the road. Uh that's true. That's true. Let's see. Who else? Uh who else wants to? If they lose, his mention's gonna be in shambles, Dap. Yeah, talking about Quinterly, I assume. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. That'd be great. But also, well, like, you know, don't tweet at players. Like, just don't, don't tweet, tweet at players. Just don't. And look, I'm not just, you know, I'm not trying to make it look like I'm piling on one particular school. I'm, I'm saying as an Auburn fan, just don't. There's nothing that can be good or gained mm-hmm. from that. And he obviously Quinterly wised up and deleted his – deactivated his account right after Broom kind of called him out. But – Again, he that's deactivated the, his account. Yeah, I thought you were that, saying he took the tweet down. No, he deactivated his account. You couldn't what? even for a while. You couldn't. In fact, the, in his mention, somebody said something about you know bad look to talk smack and then delete your account. And he went back at the guy pretty harshly and called him a you know I said a foul name. So here's the deal: even if you're broom, this is the new age of of social media, right? You sure you smack talk on the court and usually it's over. And when you get back on the bus, now you can do it on social media. And I just let a sleeping dog lie is the way I look at it. Answer with a double double. Mm-hmm. But I but Broom calling him a clown was kind of funny. I go like, oh, it's it. hilarious. Now, the clown emoji was funny, and really he kind of set himself up for that. But again, it's it's one of those deals where that's unfortunate. This just settling on the court, all this extracurricular mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Yep, it is what it is, though. And uh, I hope that people understand that. Like you said, recruits, players, just don't. Just leave them alone. Yeah. Joey says, since 2019, Auburn is 44-1 versus quad three and quad four teams. Pearl's teams don't take anyone lightly. Okay. That's pretty good. I didn't realize that was a thing, Joey. Thank you for sharing that. If you watch and listen to his press conferences, he always goes out of his way to make it look like whoever they're playing is the defending national champion. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll highlight things and say, you know, like his press conference, he talked about Jackson. He talked about the Kentucky game, the Clemson game. Right. He has a he he really has a way of of making sure that his team's got the attention of the of the you know of of who he's trying to play. Yep. Uh Lucio says Auburn can't shoot threes. But Bama can't either. You know, Auburn scored 81 points by shooting 17.6% from behind the arc. That's, that's how many the do they take? How do. many do they take, though? Because to me, that's more important. Uh, only 17. Say, so, I mean, again, when you got the when you're plus 26 in the paint, mm-hmm. don't chuck up threes. Why? It's a, if it's working, if it's broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? I mean, so I think that's the key. You got that big advantage down low. There's no reason to Bring shoot. It to it. Right. Yep. Uh, Bob asking what Jalen's plus minus was. Jalen played 30 minutes. His plus minus was 16. So tied for third. Wow. Of that's, that's impressive. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. Wendell was 23. 
Allen's was he was plus twenty two. Jalen and Janai were plus sixteen. How Janai didn't lead in plus minus is wild to me. I just would have I would have not guessed that. Probably because Jackson was on the floor. I, I you know when people substitute. Coaches will strategically, if they see a guy go off the floor, they'll sub their dude then. Yeah. And I think that's what happened because they were kind of dueling each other scoring-wise. So when Broom came off the floor, I think Jackson got his breathers. And so that kind of is what evens it out there. uh, No, Trey Donaldson, nine minutes, minus eight. And then Leor Berman, similar boat, he played eight minutes, was minus seven. So not great. There was a comment earlier in the live chat that Trey looked lost out there, and I don't disagree. I mean, there's a reason he only played nine minutes. Um, I still don't understand why Zep's not the backup point guard. I just don't I don't care. either. I and don't Zep, Zep played 22 minutes, right, and got some points late when he went to the foul line. Um, got all his points, all of his points from the free throw line. I would love to see him be the backup point guard. I guess you can't start him at the two, though, if you do that. I mean, you know, you can't. I, I think I'm okay with that. Wouldn't you be okay with that? Oh, I would. I I mean, but then again, you're taking your best on-the-ball defender I, I out of the starting you can. lineup. I actually think you can start him at the two if you just change how you rotate. Get him out quick then. I mean, get him out in the first couple minutes. Get him out let quick him, and let, then – and then he comes in for Wendell at the six-minute mark or something and like that. And then when Wendell comes back in, you can scoot him back over to the two and take KD out. So I, I think you could. I think you could yeah. do that. But um, I And the emergence like of Berman, the emergence of Berman, say that fast five times, lets you do that too because he's a natural two. He, he, I mean, he is a prototypical two guard. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, you know, where you go, Wyoming, saying Lior providing quality minutes in reserve – Maybe. I mean, eight minutes and he was minus seven. Like, that's not great. But it's like War Eagle, Wyoming is in my head today. Cause, like, I'll say something. I mean, and it's not, he's not, it, we're like saying it at the same time. It's pretty amazing. It's sympathetic. I've, I've never seen you in War Eagle, Wyoming at the same, at the place. same place at the same time. Yeah. I may have oh, a little okay. secret account running here sideways. That's right. That's all I'm saying. Um, cool. Awesome. This has been fun. Thank you so much to uh, the Henry Service Company for making this the Henry Service Company post-game show. Whether you need um, HVAC or plumbing or electrical, they've got you covered as long as you're in the you know, the Montgomery Tri-County area. Give them a call, 334-288-2700, Alabama license number 00021. Daryl, we will do this after Auburn takes on Texas A&M. Boy, what an important, what a crucial and important game when you talk about standings and overall seeding in the SEC tournament, it's going to be huge. It's going to be a really, really big one. That tip is at 8 Wednesday night, mm. and we'll go live right when it's over. Give us uh, – you got any project, uh, projections or predictions for that one? I think Neville Arena puts Auburn over the top. I think Auburn comes out and plays with a lot of high energy and emotion because they're so excited to get back home, and they also yeah. see the separation that can be had, right? So I think Auburn wins that game from eight anywhere from 8 to 10. Well, and also just another storyline about this. You know how good Auburn basketball's video team is. This will be the first home game now that they own the longest active home winning streak in college basketball. You know they're going to have something cool planned. You know it. I agree. And don't forget who knocked Auburn out of the SEC tournament last year. Ooh, good point. Don't think that's not circled as well. Good point. Dap, how can people give you some love, brother? 
Little Dap 6410. Follow me on Twitter Monday morning with Ben Taylor, uh, Auburn Opelika this morning, WANI at 710 Double D Monday. We'll talk all things sports. Yep. All yep. things sports. And you can uh, and you can find all of my written work at AuburnDaily.com. We'll see you soon. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.